This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, and I am here today talking about a topic that has become increasingly more requested and something that we talk about internally in our DOO program more often than we did when we started. And I think there's a lot of reasons behind that, and I'm going to dish on that today. So the topic is leveraging neurodiversity as an operator and specifically in an agency, which is what our guest Latrice Prater is known for and is doing today. And so we're going to have just a friendly little interview and she is going to share some insight and then you're just going to get to know her. And we're going to walk away with some tips for those of you guys who are listening today who are neurodiverse, or maybe even your children are. That's a lens that I'm now, you know, having teenage children, I'm looking and as I'm learning things around me, you know, I'm looking at how this can affect the people on my team or adjustments I need to make, et cetera. I'm always learning. And so I'm really delighted to have Latrice here as someone who is neurodivergent and has taught me in our short time of being in community together. She's taught me some things. And whenever we were having a candid conversation one day, I was like, I need you on the podcast because this is something we talk about a lot. So before I officially welcome her here, I'm going to read her bio to you guys to give a little glimpse and then we'll make it real. (laughs) So Latrice is a neurodivergent CEO of the Digital Solutions Team, which is a virtual agency providing operations support to female business owners. Latrice is a wife and a mother of three who currently resides just right up the street from me in Austin, Texas. She's a strategic thought partner that is fiercely passionate about people, personal and professional development, and harnessing her authenticity to attract her tribe, which I believe she has done quite well. Latrice loves to provide training and guidance to women who are service providers and identify as neurodivergent as well. She's also a woman in business with ADHD, generalized anxiety disorder, bipolar 2 disorder, and insomnia. She knows firsthand the challenges that one faces to run and sustain a profitable business. She started her journey as a business owner in February of 2020 as a solopreneur. She now leads a small agency and continues to scale her six-figure business. And in addition to all of that, she is in our DOO program. So I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you for being open to having this conversation here. And let's dive in. Welcome. Oh, Natalie, I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, As I alluded to in the intro, you know, this is a topic that we're leading into our 20th round of the DOO program. And I can tell you as someone who was, I mean, I don't think I was born to be a course creator or anything. I had a gift and I wanted to make sure that I could put it together in a way 
where other people who I knew had these skills could have more tools to get out there and do this, to be able to monetize these gifts that they had. And so as a result, I ended up putting together a lot of curriculum that I now get to teach. And when I went to work in sharing the word and helping people to understand that a lot of us have operational skills and you truly can monetize them and create a life that is more suited for you. What I didn't realize is that well, first of all, the number of people that I would be in contact with and be able to affect. And as a result, this large mass of people have come back to me with different needs and different requests over time. And it's been so cool to now kind of put on a different hat of helping people to learn this content in the way that works best for them. And so if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that we have recently revamped what we're teaching, how we're teaching. But when we took that break and rewrote the curriculum, we looked at it through the lens of different learning abilities and how different people are going to take in this content. So we rearranged, we subtracted things, we added things, we made some things more visual, we cut down the time that we spent on video because you know there's a whole thing there, trust me. Latrice and I were just talking about that pre-recording of how she prefers shorter episodes. And so I'm gonna try to honor her today and make this shorter. But that is certainly something that we looked at from a development perspective to make sure that our audience, that the people that are trusting us are in an environment where they can learn, absorb, and then turn this into magic for themselves like so many other people have done. So neurodivergence has continued to come to us in many ways, right? It's not just one thing. It's really a group of diagnosis, if you will. And our group is very representative now with nearly 500 people. You can imagine that, you know, we have, we really cover the full gamut. And so it's an important topic for us to talk about. Thanks for being here and having the conversation. I myself am not neurodivergent, so I have had to learn a lot and listen to our students who have come through and then do my own research on instructional design and leverage designers out there who would help us to incorporate some of those things into how we show up, how we teach, because it's obviously, I want everyone to be successful. And so making those accommodations and additions were really important to me. So Let's dive into how you, I mean, you are, as as I read in your bio, neurodivergent, and we're just going to lump all of that together. And of course, there's nuances between different ways of showing up as neurodivergent. But as a neurodivergent CEO and woman, tell me about how that intersects with becoming an operator. Becoming an entrepreneur is one thing, but an operator I'm trying to think through that one because when I started my business, I started as a virtual assistant. And yeah. that's mainly because I came from an executive assistant kind of background for the the last two or three years beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but I think to be honest, for me, it was more so I left the process open, the learning process as I grew my business mm-hmm. to fill out. So I didn't put a lot of parameters on like what I offered versus what I didn't offer, because to be honest, going into an online business, I didn't know what to expect. So I was able to learn very quickly the things that I loved and the things that I just could not fathom Mm -hmm. (laughs) for long. And the things that I happened to love fell under operations. Nice. And systems mainly is the biggest thing that turned into like my biggest, what I call dopamine hit. I love learning systems and putting them together and figuring out how to make them talk to one another. And I learned that I catch on to all that really fast. So I eventually took all the knowledge I started to gain 
from all the different systems I use with my different clients. And I was like, well, when it comes to admin, mm, I prefer not to, to be honest. But when it comes to systems, like I could do this all day long. And I just adjusted my agency, my offerings accordingly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because as I learned more and more what works for me, having that flexibility to just shift and change and, you know, follow what works for my brain has been great. Yeah. Let's talk about why systems are attractive. I know a lot of neurodivergent ladies, a lot of them have come through our program and in getting to know them, I see a similarity there. Like a lot, there's a pull to having systemized approaches. And I'd love to explore. I mean, in my mind, I feel like, and I'm by all means not the expert, which is why I have you here (laughs) to have a real life expert. But I feel like having the systems, either creating the system or having the system to follow helps you to follow through and to complete, you know, to close that loop. And so there's joy in following it, but I think your real gift or your next level gift is in documenting those systems. And it's Mm -hmm. something that I have seen show up in lots of other operators just like you. Really? Well, I'll say for me, it's not even so much of documenting. So let me clarify. Mm -hmm. When I say I love systems, I literally love the back end technical part of systems. Okay. Like being the one to learn how the system works, setting the system up. That is what I enjoy. And to be honest, I think as someone who has ADHD, the reason why I enjoy it so much, maybe a couple of reasons. One, it's almost like a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that, you know, being ADHD, you think attention deficit disorder. So it'd be hard to focus, but we can actually hyper-focus on the things that we enjoy. So for me, this is an interesting puzzle. And because I have ADHD, I don't like a lot of manual pieces. And in business, there are a lot of pieces. There are a lot of things that need to be done Mm -hmm. to get from A to B, from lead to client. And with systems, I'm able to find ways to automate as much as humanly possible so I don't forget. Mm -hmm. So that's the other part that's extremely attractive for me, is knowing that there are systems out there that just make my journey as a CEO or entrepreneur, a lot smoother and allows me to shine in the areas where I consider like my zone of genius, but not necessarily, you know, all the admin or all the nuances that come along with having to run a business. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So I'm always like this whole systems thing, like the definition of system has two different meanings, right? So system is like one, two, three, kind of a process type of thing. And then the other type of system is very technical. (laughs) And you're talking about the technical part. However, the cool thing and the reason that this word can mean two different things is that all the technical like systems out there rely on processes, right? And so there's a one, two, three, the puzzle becomes less murky because there is a right way and a wrong way. I don't know if you remember back to like school age days when you're doing, you know, algebra and it's like, I just want the right answer. I wanted it to be right or wrong. I didn't want it to be like an if, you know? And so <laughs> I, I, as I sit here and do algebra with my daughter, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, just give me the right answer. I just want to get an absolute answer and not have like a question mark at the end. And that's what systems allow us to do. They allow us to know, have we been successful or have we, or are we not? And then from an automation game, I mean, We know the gift in automation as far as efficiencies and productivity and streamlining and cost savings and all of that. But setting up automations is, it's a very, very technical gift that people have. So, you know, it's so cool to see how you have been able to kind of just by walking into this open, like you said, I I walked into 
doing virtual assistant work and being open or executive assistant to, you know, just being open, like whatever I can do, I will do. And then over time it evolved to, oh, I'm attracted to this. I like this. I feel safe doing this. Talk about the things that you were doing. You mentioned admin was not your favorite thing. Why was it admin? Was it anything else in addition to that? Honestly, when I say admin, I literally think of, I don't want to say low level, but executive assistant work in general. So like scheduling and email, like management, things of that sort. To Mm -hmm. me, it's too mundane. It's too tedious. Creating spreadsheets and documents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I don't want to do those things. That's not fun for me. If a client emails me and say, hey, Latrice, I want to schedule a meeting with these four clients. Can you coordinate? Mm -hmm. My brain immediately is like, oh, gosh. I really don't want to do this. Nothing is appealing about this. As easy as it is, and honestly, it doesn't take much time. For some reason, it is so difficult for me to do it. It's always the tedious, mundane things that take me forever to do. But if you tell me you have a click up and you need dashboard set up. Got it. Bells are going off and I'm like, let me at it. Yeah. Or I can't figure out how to make this system talk to this system. And this is what I want to do. What? Let me at it. Mm-hmm. Because naturally, I'm a creative problem solver. So making things just talk and streamlining and automating, you know, getting really into the tech is fun for me. And my right. team, they laugh at me because that's the one part of my business where I can't seem to like get my hand out of when it comes to clients. <laughs> they come in with systems questions. It's like, I'm right there. <laughs> and they're like, no, go away. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm good at this and I love this. You said creative problem solver. And I just want to reflect back to you when you're like, I asked you like, how does neurodivergence and you know operations fall together? That's yeah. exactly where. That's the answer to the question that we started with. It's really the problem solving and operators are innately problem solvers. You're looking at this from a systems and a technical perspective to solve the problem. And that's a genuine gift that that we need, that I need. And even in my own business, because I am a problem solver in a different way. And I think we're both creative, but we do this in different ways. And, and there is never a shortage of problems inside of a business. And so at what point in your life did you know that you were neurodivergent? To be honest, I was not actually diagnosed until after I started my business in 2020. Okay. And that's what's so crazy because when I think back to my childhood, I mean, I was a good student. I made good grades. I, ta- I graduated top 10 in my high school class. So it wasn't like you could look at me and it's a parent that, you know, oh, she has ADHD. Mm-hmm. It was more so when I sat and thought about it, it was like, oh my gosh, it really has been there my entire life. Because I used to always tell people, I didn't know how to study. I didn't know what that meant. Because for me, if I'm sitting down and reading something, nine times out of 10, I forget what I read. And I have to read it over and over again because I get distracted. My brain is wandering in 50 different places, but not on the thing at hand. So I never was good at studying. I used to always cram for tests. (laughs) So I didn't, I never thought of it that way, but it comes up different for girls and women than it does in boys. Because when they told me, oh, you do have ADHD, my initial reaction was, what do you mean? I'm not a little boy because that's what I think of uh-huh. little boys that are hyperactive, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a full grown adult woman. <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't make sense to me. But ADHD became a hyper focus once I was diagnosed. And yep. I learned so much about it and the reason why it's so hard to diagnose some women. Yeah. 
So having known that now, does it change the way that you work, the things that you take on, the projects that you take on, the clients? How has that impacted growing your business? Because I'm super proud of where you are today. I mean, you have navigated previous work experience and walked in to this on your own and have your own business today and have evolved in different types of models from being a one-to-one service provider and now into an agency leading other people to lead other accounts. And so I think that that is really impressive. But tell me how being diagnosed kind of changed how you have navigated in the workspace. Oh, gosh. Being diagnosed definitely changed a lot because the first thing I did was I went on a journey of just, I had to learn. So ADHD was my hyper-focus for a while of just learning. What is this? How does this impact me? Because it was so unfamiliar. So Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I needed to change. (laughs) But after learning a great amount about ADHD, how it shows up in women or little girls, kind of looking at my own patterns, I was able to realize a lot of things about myself and my work and how I should work and when I should work. Mm -hmm. One, I realized my most productive windows and I was like, I need to adhere to those times and actually do things that are hard for me during that time. When I first started my business, I made myself way too accessible. I took meetings at eight in the morning because, you know, when you come from working a nine to five, you kind of condition yourself to operate in that manner, not realizing like, wait a minute, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it was like, you know what? I don't want to meet before 10 a.m. And I started blocking my calendar. So there are no meetings before 10 a.m. I don't want to meet after 3.30 p.m. I start blocking my calendar. Yeah. So I learned that I had to limit access to myself to prevent burnout, to prevent overwhelm, because task overwhelm, information overwhelm, all of those things are like a legitimate thing, especially with ADHD. When I have too many things going on at once, I can shut down and not do any of them. So sometimes I have to pace myself and learning that it's not ideal for any clients to send me any work at 4 p.m. Because to me, it's the end of the day. Yep. (laughs) You know, so setting those boundaries up front, it really changed how I set boundaries, how I communicate. I'm very, very transparent in how I am and how I function because I will under promise over deliver all day. And I definitely go to great extent to make sure every client is happy and get what they need. But I am one that I have to work at my pace. You know, like I'm not good with tight, tight deadlines. Yep. <laughs> or I'm not good with anyone who likes to micromanage or just doesn't give me the freedom to do what I need to do. Let me produce and I'll produce. But that has helped me really limit my client avatar as well. Yeah. Because now I know exactly who I should work with and who I shouldn't work with. How do you screen for that? So many things, to be honest. Okay. You'd be surprised. For me, what I've noticed, a few things. Lead capture form from wording in that, how they describe the type of support they're looking for. Sometimes people are thorough and they'll create their job descriptions and they'll attach it to the lead capture form. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. But looking at it, I can tell if it's going to be a good fit or not by how they describe the support they need. Yeah. So what kind of response time? I mean, do you ask them specifically expectations or do you? Absolutely. I do. I always ask about expectations, but I also let my expectations be known as well because I have expectations for clients and I want them to know what they are. 
And I provide enough information up front too. So they are aware, like, these are the times that I'm available. This is how I can be contacted. If you send me something outside of this window, then they will be responded to the next business day. But yeah, I had to really get tight on boundaries. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think that that's pretty fair between everybody who's in business for themselves, but it's probably even stronger for you in your case. This takes me to another thought that I've had recently, which is why my friends with neurodivergent diagnoses are attracted to entrepreneurship. And I'd love to get your thought on that. But me having, you know, come from uh, 15 years in corporate America and then moving in for the last eight years into owning my own business and being around the entrepreneurial space, it's easy for me to see why being an entrepreneur could be so much more attractive if this is your scenario. So talk to me, just, I know you have those same experiences. So what is attractive about the entrepreneurship route? To be honest, when I first decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, which was very early (laughs) in life, it was mainly because at that time, it was mainly because I did not like the whole employee to manager relationship. I never liked that model. I didn't like how it looked, what it felt like. I always felt like in most jobs, people don't value their people. And I always felt like, well, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. So I knew that I always want to create something for myself because I just didn't want to be constrained or confined. I didn't want to have to live by or just be anyone else's definition of what professionalism is supposed to be. Yeah. I wanted to be me authentically. And I didn't want to have to try and simmer down or monitor how I speak or, you know, all the things that come along with any type of corporate job. I also like to have free reign of my time, you know, nine to five. No, my my brain is not set up in that way anyway. So I'm not going to be productive. (laughs) So it really boils down to time freedom. It wasn't even about money. It was more so about time freedom. Yeah. Wanting to control how I spend my time. If I wake up that day and I feel like I just can't do it today and I want to lay back down, I want the option to be able to lay back down. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is like tools and stuff, right? When you're in a corporate environment or something, you don't have the say in the tools, the systems, the process, the the project that you're working on, it's a lot of voluntold, right? Like this is what you're going to be doing, whether you want to or not. And by having your own business and being in an entrepreneurial space, you ultimately get to make the decision of what you do, how you do it, who you work with, which sounds to me like is incredibly important. And it's important to all of us who do this. I think that's a big motivator for us, but it seems for our neurodivergent group of, of friends that it would just serve you better. It allows you to be your best expression of yourself. And so can you work and survive in a corporate nine to five? Yes, of course you can. Is it the best expression of you? Probably not. And so I'm grateful that this path exists. And, you know, I would, I would say, to be honest, I would not have realized half of the things that I can do had I not chosen entrepreneurship. Because when I think about my educational background, I went to school for education. My bachelor's degree is in child development. My master's degree is in education. I've had several different types of jobs. None of the things that I've done would have qualified me to be a project manager anywhere. None of the things I've done would have qualified me to do any sort of tech or system setup anywhere because I wouldn't have never known that I had a knack for these things, that I was actually good at these things. 
because this wasn't part of my background or my expertise. So who would have hired me to see if I'm good at it? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know that. And and I'm so honored to be able to show people that, especially teachers and medical professionals <laughs> and people, you know, support professionals to show them that, oh my goodness, you have this whole other skill set that you just take for granted. You just do what you do because you do. And you don't even know that it's actually something that's valuable and you can put it into another container and and go to work and go to work on terms that work for you. So let's fast forward to today. You have an agency. Describe how your agency works and how that is helpful to you. Oh gosh. Having an agency was not a part of my plan initially. I thought yeah. I was going to be a solopreneur, seriously. But the way my business took off when I started I started February of 2020. Literally, I remember to the day, February 3rd is when I went full-time. And Aww. by the end of February, I had six clients. And I realized, well, it appears I don't have an issue with finding clients. So if I had people who could support me, then I could probably get more clients, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what made me even venture into it. But really what it has provided me is as I have grown and as I've learned the things that I enjoy versus the things that I don't, the things that deplete my energy the most, having support is really what helps (laughs) freeze me up to be creative and work on what I love solely and not have to worry about the tedious things that drain me. Because my team, they really do a lot of the heavy work when it comes to clients and making sure they're taken care of, all the dirty details, Because sometimes I am very big picture. I am very much visionary. I can paint a picture from A to Z if you tell me an idea and I will run. But I'm not the one that wants to make the project plan. Yep. (laughs) But I have people on my team that can. (laughs) I remember when you applied for the certification, your Colby was, I think you were more of a strategic Mm -hmm. thinker than the implementer or the doer. And so I can see how that is also complementary in, you know, having an agency because let's face it, you've got this great qualified team to do the implementation and, you know, to have that critical thought for these detail specific projects or needs or requests or tasks or whatever it may be. But on the front end, like you said yourself, I didn't have a problem getting clients. Well, a lot of people have a problem getting clients, but you've got that gift of being able to attract them. And so you're in your zone, they're in their zone, which makes all of this work in a way that brings a lot of ease and fulfillment to both parties, to both you and them. And I also know, Latrice, about you, that if you need to hop in there and do it, you can for a short period of time, but it's not the zone that you're going to stay in or that you thrive in. And so, you know, I, because I think, you know, it's a short time and it may only be a really small piece, but you know, this all fits together. You have the experience because you have, you know, gone in there and done the technical work, but the place where you creating relationships, you know, having conversations, those are things that are your strengths. And then by and large, because of those skills, you're able to bring people onto your team who enjoy working for you, who who like to be there. And so yes. I think that that's also a really, for them to be loyal to you and you to enjoy them is huge. Absolutely. It's definitely been rewarding for me to have a team of other amazing women who love what they do. And literally my team, they know how I am. I am mm-hmm. such a person, like I want them to do the things they enjoy as well. So I craft certain offers around 
their skill sets and their expertise because of that. It's not about just what I enjoy. I want my team to find fulfillment in what they're doing because I want them to stay around. And I always tell them, you don't work for me, you work with me, period. I started an agency for collaboration. That's what I want. I wanted partnership. And I get that every day. And I'm so happy to have that because the virtual space can be lonely. And because I am, I like to be able to build relationships or meaningful relationships, to be honest, having everything virtual is a little bit difficult sometimes because of that. So making sure my team is well taken care of is huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're good at it. It's a gift that you have. So how sad if you don't flex that muscle that comes so natural. So as we're wrapping up, I'm sure that there are people here that already know that they are neurodivergent or they're listening to you thinking, hmm, maybe that's me. You know, I wonder if that could be me. Share some of the things that make you successful in this workspace and also as a neurodivergent CEO. Well, I'll say, to be honest, especially with ADHD, and I always preface that because neurodiversity can mean a lot of different things. And what makes me neurodivergent is specifically ADHD. And that's what I have specifically researched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I always want to point that out. But for me, With ADHD, there are a lot of things that some people can look at as cons, but I see pros. For one, we tend to be more empathetic. We tend to be a little more resilient. We also tend to be more intuitive. My team loves to make fun of me, but it's very, very true. When it comes to hiring, especially, I am so informal. For me, I have to catch a vibe. Like If I like your energy, it's usually a good thing. If I don't, it means something. And we have learned. And my team has admitted like, yeah, usually when your intuition says no, <laughs> we, we should learn to follow that. <laughs> like, And through learning things like human design, that's part of who I am, my setup. I need to make decisions based off my body, not mm-hmm. off of what I think. Mm-hmm. So I have to feel something. And even with, like you said, my copy, I'm a high fact finder. My quick start score is actually a five. But the funny thing is ADHD, we tend to be impulsive. But really what that means is that the entrepreneur, I can actually make really quick decisions because when I want to try something, if I really want to do it, I'm just going to do it. Yep. I built an entire blog site at midnight and by 2 a.m. it was done. Okay. <laughs> like that's I love how it. my brain works when I'm hyper-focused, when mm-hmm. I, I feel like I really, really need to do this and I want to do it, I'm going to go. So there are so many great things that come with having this yeah. neurodiversity, but it's also understanding that there are limitations. And because there are limitations, you have to create workarounds. You have to make sure you set up a schedule that makes sense for you. So I know for me, I have learned to alter my work schedule to make it fit how my brain works, my most productive hours. If my energy is low, I have learned that it's okay if I need a day. Not to sit and kind of be upset with myself, because in the beginning, that's what it was. If I couldn't do the things I needed to do, I was so upset. But I've learned, like, if I can't do this, I start to look at the things that I'm doing instead. And it Mm -hmm. typically shows me what I feel like I'm missing. So sometimes instead of working, I find myself on social media. That means I'm looking for connection. So I started really analyzing how I bounce and following the dopamine to see where it takes me. Because sometimes I am super productive, maybe not in the things that I should have been productive in, but I'm productive in things that I needed to do and never had time to do. And finally, my brain said, you know what? That's what we're going to focus on today. So I don't apologize for that. I'm learning to embrace that about myself. (laughs) 
And not put yourself in situations that are super rigid. I mean, that I think that's a theme that we've talked about today is rigidity just doesn't work. It actually doesn't work for a lot of people. So, I mean, I think that that is something we could all take away is how can we create businesses, structures, offers, find the right clients that don't make us feel like we have to be or obliged to a, a really firm, rigid space because that never feels good. But, you know, specifically for ADHD and a lot of neurodivergent backgrounds, having flexibility is huge. And then having the ability, the autonomy to say yes or to say no is is big too. You know, one thing I found funny because it's very true. I When I am on social media, I saw this one meme and it's kind of like when you tell an ADHD person to do something they already were going to do, literally it's like our brain shifts into rebel mode. And I'm like, you know what? No. Immediately, no. Right. And in the meeting, the guy's like holding a gun. He's like, but I got a gun to your hand. He's like, mm, no, no, not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Latrice, tell the listeners where they can find you. I know we, we all have a high fact finder. Everyone listening here is a long high fact finder. So they're going to be like, where do I find Latrice? Give us the scoop. I am on Facebook, Latrice Prater, <laughs> of course. I am on LinkedIn, Latrice Prater. And on Instagram, it's at the virtual pro. So those are the places you can typically find me ranting and raving every day about my ADHD life. And, you know, wanting to throw the whole business away from time to time, but <laughs> no worries. It's just my everyday life. <laughs> awesome. All right. Before we wrap up, Latrice, you said you had one thing to share. Yes. I wanted to actually give a huge shout out to you, Natalie, and your team. I had a hard time deciding on joining the DO program at first. And I know because of me and my ADHD, usually programs, I start and I never finish. And mm-hmm. I came into a situation in the program where I was having the hardest time with an assignment because literally I could not get over the hump. I had all the details, but I couldn't visualize the end. I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. And I remember reaching out to you with my accountability person and you guys showed up in a major way to make sure I fully understood the assignment and make sure I could get past whatever hump that I was on. And to me, that said a lot. And that made me realize like, oh, I'm in the right place because they care enough to make sure that I get what I need to be successful in this program. And you don't see that a lot. So I definitely want to shout you out for that because Mm -hmm. it really showed me a lot. And I am so grateful. Yeah. Of course, thank you for acknowledging that. It was, it's, I would say it's a pretty natural response for us because, you know, you guys invest in us and and we better be investing in you. It's, we are in the business of investing in in you and making sure that you are equally as successful as you want to be. And I will say that because you were honest and open, it allowed us to have internal conversations about how we could do this better, how we could adjust the assignment, how we can, and we have since actually made a change to this assignment to be able to accommodate just more people to have accessibility and to be able to be successful upon like first attempt. You know, you don't, I don't want to put somebody in a loop. And I think that we unknowingly had done that. And so, hey, kudos to you back at you for bringing it to us and allowing us to improve it. So. All good stuff. And I, again, so grateful that you're in the DOO program. You bring just your energy, not even about neurodivergence, just Latrice as a human being. You bring a great energy to us and allow us to just go so deep and do what we're meant to do. So thanks for collaborating with us. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out today and and having this candid conversation. It, none of it was scripted and I wanted us to come on here and just have a nice little chat. And thank you for the information that you shared and just being open about you and how you've made this work for you. Beforehand, I was saying like, I want to talk about how neurodivergence is a superpower for you to build a business. And I'm really grateful to be in your path, on your path, appear with you as we all develop into our next best self. And that means a lot to me that you have trusted us to do that. And then also for your time today. Thank you for being here. Ladies, if you are listening, I want to encourage you to come over to the Ops Insiders. That's our private Facebook community. And as you're listening to this, we're going to have a prompt for episode 206. And we are going to, I would love for you, if you recognize that you are neurodivergent, I would love for you to share a tip inside of our community on how you work with that and create a successful space for you? What are the things and the tips that you do and you follow to give you the ultimate positive result that you desire to have? So let's just create a little incubator of of tips. I'd love for you to join us over at theopsinsiders.com and we will see you there. We'll hear from me next week. You guys have a good day. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.